Hey everyone, Miss Akimoto here with your next part of the Phantom Toll Booth. So yesterday we started chapter 19 and Milo Talk, the humbug and the princesses have floated down because time flies. So Talk is flying them down the mountain and they landed on the ground and all of the demons started chasing them. And just as they were about to catch them, they stop because in the distance are the armies of wisdom. And that's exactly where we stopped. So let's see what happens. This is chapter 19, part two, the return of rhyme and reason. Milo slowly raised his weary head and there in the horizon, for as far as the eye could see, stood the massed armies of wisdom the sun glistening from their swords and shields, their bright banners slapping proudly at the breeze. For a moment, everything was silent. Then a thousand trumpets sounded, then a thousand more, and like an ocean wave, the long line of horsemen advanced, slowly at first, then faster and faster, until with a gallop and a shout, which was music to Milo's ears, they swept forward toward the horrified demons. There in the lead was King Azaz, his dazzling armor embossed with every letter in the alphabet, and with him, the mathematician brandishing a freshly sharpened staff. Remember, his staff is like a pencil. From his tiny wagon, Dr. Discord hurled explosion after explosion to the delight of the soundkeeper while the busy din collected them almost at once. And, in honor of the occasion, Chroma the Great led his orchestra in a stirring display of patriotic colors. Everyone Milo had met during his journey had come to help. The men of the marketplace, the miners of Digitopolis, and all the good people from the valley and the forest. The spelling bee buzzed excitedly overhead, shouting, Charge! C-H-A-R-G-E, charge! C-H-R-A-G-E! Canby, who as everyone knew was as cowardly as can be, came all the way from conclusions to show that he was also brave. And even Officer Shrift, mounted proudly on a long, low dachshund, galloped grimly along. Cringing with fear, the monsters of ignorance turned in flight and with anguished cries too horrible ever to forget, returned to the damp, dark places from which they came. The humbug sighed with relief, and Milo and the princesses prepared to greet the victorious army. Well done, stated the Duke of Definition, dismounting and grasping Milo's hand warmly. Fine job, seconded the Minister of Meaning. Good work, added the Count of Connotation. Congratulations, proposed the Earl of Essence. Cheers, recommended the Undersecretary of Understanding. And since that's exactly what everyone felt like doing, that's exactly what everyone did. It's we who should think, began Milo, when the shouting had subsided. But before he could finish, they had unrolled an enormous scroll. And with a fanfare of trumpets and drums, they started, stated in an order that, henceforth and forthwith, let it be known by all men that rhyme and reason reign once more in wisdom.
The two princesses bowed gratefully and warmly kissed their brothers, and they all agreed that a very fine thing had happened. And furthermore, continued the proclamation, the boy named Milo, the dog known as Tok, and the insect hereafter referred to as the humbug, are hereby declared to be heroes of the realm. Cheer after cheer filled the air, and even the bug seemed a bit embarrassed at having so much attention paid to him. Therefore, concluded the duke, in honor of their glorious deed, a royal holiday is declared. Let there be parades through every city in the land, and a gala carnival of three days' duration consisting of jousts, games, feasts, and follies. The five cabinet members then rolled up the large parchment and, with many bows and flourishes, retired. Um, this means retired, like, left to go rest rather than, like, retired, like, oh, I'm in retirement now, I'm not going to work. Swift horsemen carried the news to every corner of the kingdom, and as the parade slowly wound its way through the countryside, crowds of people gathered to cheer it along. Garlands of flowers hung from every house and shop and carpeted the streets. Even the air shimmered with excitement, and shutters closed for many years were thrown open to let the brilliant sunlight shine where it hadn't shone in so long. Milo, Tok, and the very subdued Humbug sat proudly in the royal carriage with Azaz, the mathemagician, the two princesses, and the parade stretched for miles in both directions. As the cheering continued, Rhyme leaned forward and touched Milo gently on the arm. They're shouting for you, she said with a smile. But I could never have done it, he objected, without everyone's help. That may be true, said Reason gravely, but you had the courage to try. And what you can do is often simply a matter of what you will do. That's why, said Azaz, there was one very important thing about your quest I couldn't discuss until you returned. I remember, said Milo eagerly. Tell me now. It was impossible, said the king, looking at the mathemagician. Completely impossible, said the mathemagician, looking at the king. Do, do you mean? stammered the bug, who suddenly felt a bit faint. Yes, indeed, they repeated together. But if we'd told you, then you might not have gone. And, as you've discovered, so many things are possible, just so long as you don't know they're impossible. And for the remainder of the ride, Milo didn't utter a sound. Finally, when they'd reached a broad, flat plain midway between Dictionopolis and Digitopolis, Somewhat to the right of the Valley of Sound and a little to the left of the Forest of Sight, the long line of carriages and horsemen stopped and the great carnival began. Gaily striped tents and pavilions sprang up everywhere as the workmen scurried about like ants. Within minutes, there were race courses and grandstands, sideshows and refreshment booths, gaming fields, Ferris wheels, banners, bunting and bedlam, almost without pause. The mathemagician provided a continuous display of brilliant fireworks made up from exploding numbers which multiplied and divided with breathtaking results. The colors, of course, being supplied by Chroma, and the noise made by a deliriously happy Dr. Discord. 
Thanks to the soundkeeper, there was music and laughter and, for very brief moments, even a little silence. Alec Bing set up an enormous telescope and invited everyone to see the other side of the moon, and and the humbug wandered through the crowd accepting congratulations and recounting in great detail his brave exploits, most of which gained immeasurably in the telling. And each evening, just at sunset, a royal banquet was held. There was everything imaginable to eat. King Azaz had ordered a special supply of delicious words in all flavors and, for those who liked exotic foods and in all languages, too. The math magician had provided innumerable platters of division dumplings, which Milo was very careful to avoid, for no matter how many you ate, when you finished, there was more on your plate than when you began. And of course... Following the meal came songs, epic poems, and speeches in praise of the princesses and the three gallant adventurers who had rescued them. King Azaz and the math magician pledged that every year at the same time, they would lead their armies to the Mountain of Ignorance until not one demon remained, and everyone agreed that no finer carnival for no finer reason had ever been held in wisdom. But even things as fine as all that must end sometime. And late on the afternoon of the third day, the tents were struck, the pavilions were folded, and everything was packed ready to leave. It's time to go now, said Reason, for there is much to do. And as she spoke, Milo suddenly remembered his home. He wanted very much to go back, yet somehow he could not bear the thought of leaving. And so you must say goodbye, said Rhyme, patting him gently on the cheek. To everyone, said Milo unhappily. He looked around slowly at all the friends he'd made, and he looked very hard so as not to forget any of them for even an instant. But mostly he looked at Talk and the Humbug, with whom he had shared so much. The perils, the dangers, the fears, and best of all, the victory. Never had anyone had two more steadfast companions. Can't you both come with me? He asked, knowing the answer before he said it. I'm afraid not, old man, replied the bug. I'd like to, but I've arranged a lecture tour which will keep me occupied for years. And they do need a watchdog here, barked Talk sadly. Milo embraced the bug who, in his most typical fashion, was heard to mumble gruffly, Bah! Get it? Bah, humbug. But whose damp eyes told quite a different story. Then the boy threw his arms around Talk's neck and, for just a moment, held on very tightly. Thank you for everything you've taught me, said Milo to everybody as a tear rolled down his cheek. And thank you for what you've taught us, said the king. And... As he clapped his hands, the little car was brought forward, polished like new. Milo got in and, with one last look, started down the road, with everyone waving him on. Goodbye, he shouted. Goodbye, I'll be back. Goodbye, shouted Azaz. Always remember the importance of words. And numbers, added the math magician forcefully. Surely you don't think numbers are as important as words, he heard his ad ad shout from a distance. Is that so, replied the math magician a little more faintly. 
Why if... Oh dear, thought Milo. I do hope they don't start it all again. And in a moment, they had faded from sight as the road dipped, turned, and headed for home. We have one last chapter left in our book. Come back tomorrow to find out how it all ends.